The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. What's good? What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Hogshaven Podcast, powered by SB Nation. You can find us at hogshaven.com, at hogshaven on Twitter and on Facebook. I am your host, Molly Maul. Jamal Force, you can find me on Twitter at Let Maul Tell It. Do not forget the you. This is the post game show, and um, we are very much talking about an embarrassing. Uh, fourth straight loss for the Washington Commanders. Uh, a very inept loss for all of the, the reasons in which you couldn't anticipate heading into this game. So many people thought this was a winnable game. So many people thought that there was an option. And, and I'm not going to sit here and say that it wasn't a winnable game uh, as it played out for obvious reasons. Like it was a close game the entire time. Uh, but it, it's a lot of things going on. And, and like I said, it's post game. So uh, the, the crew, Damien is, is back. Um, after some two weeks, I, I had some issues. I would have loved to have him on these last two weeks, but it's good to have Damian back or or at least, yeah, the last two weeks. First week I had an issue with audio. But anyway, we're back. Damian, I know you're a little upset. Um, frustrated is the word actually. Um, I think the fairest, the fairest way to put it. I'm gonna give you the floor to kick things off, uh, things with this Washington team and and take this in any direction that you want to go. Uh, how are you feeling first and foremost, but also how are you feeling? about this team uh like honestly man since i started writing about like the commanders back in 2019 um i i really kind of like try to balance like being a fan and and you know being objective at the same time so like um it gets to a point now man when you write about this team and when you kind of look at it from kind of a different angle uh all you can really do is like sit back and laugh and be like like dang like you know what i'm saying like it, it gets to that point where 
where like, yeah, I root for the commanders, but in, in the grand scheme of things, man, uh, I'm looking into getting into TV here when I graduate. So I understand that uh, there's going to have to be a, a balance there, right? At the same time, though, that doesn't make it easy. And, and games like this doesn't make things easy for you. Um, I think this team, I think this this staff, I think the entire thing probably has to be blown up now. I think now is the time you can you can say that. I think a little everything else is a little bit premature. Uh, but I think now the consistent thing that was a, a commonplace in the Jay Gruden era was it always seemed like they hit rock bottom every year, right? It was like every year was like, this is rock bottom. This is the worst they can get. Well, it's like that now with, with Ron Rivera. It, it's at that level. And so I think if they end up one and five, I'm sorry. There, there's no way you can keep the staff together. There's no way. Like you're, you're, you're in the same spot. You're, you're what? You're in the you're in the same spot you were in in 2019 when you fired Jay, because you were one and five. You were zero and five, and then you beat Miami. That was your first one of the year. You're in the same spot. You know what I mean? So, man, I don't. I I really don't know what they're going to do. Where they go from here? Because, uh, in my opinion, man, I know they the players will never quit. But uh, I mean, their season's fried. They're they're fried. It doesn't matter what. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you think about the schedule, how easy or whatever you think it is. Uh, their season's done. They're done. They're 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 they'll be lucky to win six games this year. <laughs> and that's the worst case scenario that we were all encompassing. Like even with our ceiling and our floor in terms of predictions for the season, a lot of people said ten plus. Um, some people said nine. Some people said eight. But they said. I think that at at the very least is a seven win team. But if we're talking about anything less than six wins, I know I've said it, Damien. I'll give you the floor to see if you said it as well. I know some people I've had conversations with for sure that have said, you know, anything under under seven is a disaster of a season. Uh, we're actually approaching <laughs> we're approaching the disaster of a season scenario, uh, Damien. And um, like you said, the 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 playoffs is uh is is like down the line in terms of uh hopes like you gotta hope that you can even win a game chicago isn't going to be easy they they barely they barely lost to minnesota and and they had a hard fought game i watched that on on red zone flipping between commercials and seeing how they competed against the uh the minnesota vikings and uh they have a home game on a short week uh they're they're also they also won two games this year um it's not like losing comes that difficult for them they find ways to win (laughs) <laughs> they have found ways to win and and now they have a home game against the commanders who are finding ways to lose uh in, in a variety of ways they mean they were and like there are several reasons why they didn't have a timeout on, on the last drive of the game inside the the, the five yard line um but when you're in a situation that you have three plays from the goal line and uh every single play looked so messy from the first down call to the fact that you're trying to throw it away on a second down, it almost gets picked off. And then the very next play, you actually throw a pick. <laughs> you can't even make it to fourth down and, and everything looks ugly within there. You have no timeouts left to even give you the illusion that you could run the ball because you have a timeout left, but no, you, you don't have a timeout left. So you're, I'm personally, I, I don't know how you feel about this and I know I'm saying a lot, so I'm gonna give you a floor just to touch on whatever, but there was some people who were trying to figure out why they didn't run the ball. And personally, I knew why I understood why some people disagreed, but because of what you did prior to that pass interference for Terry McLaurin, you had to call your last time out 
and now you're down there if you run the ball with what 15 or so seconds left you're in position to either spike it or run two plays in the huddle call two plays in the huddle and rush something that doesn't need to be rushed and you're risking wasting the down and you can't you can't waste it down in a situation like that so um they just shortened and, and made it very easy for for uh for tennessee to defend against the pass and even on that play that was an interception they had eight in coverage like they knew that washington had to pass and and it worked out well for tennessee so uh, it's a lot going on i'll give you the floor back to you if you want to touch on a thousand different things that i just touched on <laughs> but it's, it's yeah. it was a it was a crazy ending to a game that uh seemed to to go so well for Wentz um from a from a, a, a an efficiency standpoint i guess yeah um I disagree on the on the running the football thing. Uh, so they they obviously they had the ball on the two yard line with 19 seconds to go. Uh, in my opinion, I would have ran the ball on first down. That would have been the down to run it. In my opinion, and I would have ran the football. Uh, and if you have to call two plays in the huddle or you got to rush and spike it, I think uh, you take that risk because if if you're gonna if you're gonna win win a football game like this, right? And you know you have a lot of issues to score, especially in the red zone. The passing game has been kind of you know iffy throughout the entire season. Um, you know, you don't have Logan Thomas. Yeah, you have Cole Turner, who clearly Wentz has no trust in whatsoever. Uh, you're not going to throw it to Cam Sims, right? So you're not going to take advantage of the size there. Um, you're going to run what every NFL team runs. Every NF- NFL team runs just a little stick play. The little everyone just kind of wants to hover right at, at the at the at the goal line and just hover like just literally just plant there and sit down. And it didn't work. Every single play, Jamal, like I'm almost certain, looked the exact same. Every play looked the exact same, and and the Titans ran the same defense. Looked like the exact like the entire time, and um, I would have ran the football just on first down. Um, I do understand though, like yeah, the time wasn't on your side, so it was gonna have to be fast. Uh, Grant Paulson did respond to me because I quoted his tweet and I said I, I believe he was wrong. Uh, and now I understand some players will like lay on you for an extended period of time, but when you have 19 seconds, surely the heck. An NFL team can manage to run more than one play with 19 seconds left in a game from the two-yard line. You know what I mean? So um, I think they should have run the football. And quite honestly, uh, that's on that's on the coaching staff, um, which I think should probably be a theme of everyone's kind of gripes right now. Should be uh, with the staff, man. I, I think this game was the embodiment of what kind of the staff has brought, you know, to DC since they've been here. Um, the challenge was 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 horrible. I don't know who's advising Ron Rivera for these challenges. But I said the same thing. That didn't make any sense. Yeah, horrible. It's horrible. Um, the defense played well. Um, I, I, I felt like they, they played a solid game. Uh, I understand from a stats perspective, Wentz uh, had you know had a good day. But to be honest with you, there were still throws that he missed. Still yeah. throws that he missed again, right? Um, yeah. The so, I mean, shoot, even yeah. even um the the, the the where the Andrew Norrell had his his worst two drives. Even on that 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 play where he had the rough in the passer, you have Curtis Samuel wide open on the sideline, or Cam Sims, excuse me, wide open mm-hmm. on the sideline, and you overthrow him by a mile. How do you overthrow a six five receiver? It, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's and only that too. I understand they didn't Washington didn't have a lot on the ground, but I think they only had what ten carries today. That's all they had was nine carries, ten carries. Like I don't know. I well, just think fourteen to be specific. Yeah, yeah. It was fourteen. And, and like I just don't terrible. Yeah, <clears throat> I just don't know what your philosophy is with a guy like Wentz who like, you know, you can't drop him back, you know, 40 times and expect to win a game. You know, I, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know, Jamal. I, I think this, I think this, this whole thing probably just <laughs> needs to be blown up, man. I think it's time, brother. 
so it's uh, th- that side, man. I, I've, I've heard it and I've experienced it a thousand times. I know what it means. We know what it means. Everybody that's listening, it is crazy to experience what um, Washington is experiencing right now from a, from a fan base standpoint and from a, a coverage standpoint. But you, you said something that's very important, Damien, and shouldn't be swept under the rug when you started. When we started this entire uh, recap, instant recap, mm. this team has regressed um it's regression started well before 2022 it actually started last year we just thought last year was fluke um and and when i say we i'm i'm specifically talking about the coaches and and the reason why i can say that they thought it was fluke is because how they reacted in the offseason the their biggest acquisition was carson wentz (laughs) everybody after that it was like hey man just play this spot for for 17 games we'll be all right (laughs) um yeah William Jackson, they they stuck with him, who got benched this game. Um, and there was a discrepancy between William Jackson and, and Ron Rivera in terms of why something took place. William Jackson says, you know, he's had a bulging disc in his back for some period of time, and, and ultimately he couldn't recover, and it was problem for him. And then Ron Rivera said that it was just time to make a change, and he didn't mention an injury. Um, so clearly somebody is, is SOSing, um, saving themselves. And Ron Rivera is like, Nah, you you're not hurt. You just suck. Um, so there's <laughs> there's a there's a lot of things going on here. Um, and from that perspective, but ultimately, again, uh, you lose your guards, um, your your interior guards, and Brandon Sheriff and, and Eric Flowers. And we're not going to rehash the, the the Brandon Sheriff's conversation. But the point is, you brought in two retreads that you were familiar with, who are clearly uh, incapable of of living up to their past glory. Um, and, and former All Pros Trey Turner and and um. Andrew Norwell, uh, who are clearly, I mean, Trey Turner got benched last last week. I don't know what's going to happen with Andrew Norwell, but la- he's not he's not up to speed. Uh, and again, the continuation of the fact that these guys just aren't necessarily uh, showing that they're capable of of, ro- of building this roster in, in a proper way and show just how content they were. Um, and and it's ultimately it's, it's showing itself from a a, a, a skill set standpoint in certain aspects of the team, but also from a coaching aspect, how coaching is, is clearly being a detriment to, to how the players are playing as well. It's, it's like a culmination of things that continues to show itself on a week in and week out basis. Yeah. I, I think the, the crazy thing too is um, I bought some of the stuff like the quarterback thing. I, I was actually pretty, I understood like, yeah, if you just get better quarterback play, especially from that team last year, um, I was like better quarterback play. They probably win a couple more games. Um, Heineke just limited what they could do so much as an offense. And now you kind of see they have a better quarterback or they're supposed to. And um, the offense looks horrible. It looks terrible, right? Like you can, like if some people said, you know, Wentz, you know, was outstanding. They were in my mentions, you know, Wentz is outstanding. Wentz is this and that today. <laughs> um, no, that's not outstanding football at all. Outstanding football is like what you see from Justin Herbert. Like that's outstanding football. Like we we can still you know on this post game podcast the game ended an hour and a half ago and we're still mentioning throws that Carson went missed and it's already been an hour and a half. Like normally that stuff you would already forget, but we already we still remember it, right? Like no, there, there's levels to this, and I think um, the bar is already so low in Washington. If you're unable to reach that, what the heck are we doing? And and if I'm you know, the owner, that's a whole nother discussion. But if I'm the owner, 
and I see my product is not good, right? It stinks. The, the team stinks. Uh, there is no, you know, light at the end of the tunnel right now. Like, wh- what are we doing here? What's, what, are we, what are we building towards? Like, what's the difference between one and five with Ron Rivera and one and five with Jay Gruden? Truly. Like, what's the difference? Honestly, can you answer that? I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm about to say the the <laughs> the difference between Ron Rivera and Jay Gruden is that um, Jay Gruden accepts accountability. Uh, Jay Gruden is aware that things were bad, um, and Ron Rivera is clearly not even concerned about you know the situation. Post game, Ron Rivera mentioned uh, in terms of panicking, he said that uh, if, if on the question of if he is panicked about you know their current state, he responded with. Um, Maybe you are, but I'm not. Uh, and to be clear on the quote, let me bring it up. I, I believe he said specifically, uh, where is it at? Where is it at? Where is it at? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my goodness. It's a lot of tweets in here. <laughs> uh, boom, boom. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, I, just, I just can't. I just can't, bro. <laughs> yeah. I, I Look, I, I know. <laughs> And, and the, for for the fact that I can't find the tweet, I'll just I'll just surmise it by saying because I, I have a I have a lot of tweets right here. Um, I'm not panicked. Uh, maybe you are, but I'm not panicked. Essentially, uh, we have a long season to go, uh, and, and all it takes is uh, for us to start clicking, and everything will turn around. <laughs> no, yeah, no. So that's just like that's delusional. Like that's no, because because the issues here are their issues that won't turn around. Their roster's not good. They're not a good team. They don't have talent. Their corners stink. BSJ is their best corner, and BSJ is a solid player, right? BSJ is a solid player. But their corners aren't good. Their quarterback is not good. Their interior offensive line is not good, right? So I don't, I don't, give, I don't give a damn who or how you gel. You can put Moco de Gorilla gel. You can put whatever <laughs> gel you want. You put whatever gel you want. This team is not good. So – like I understand, he might have to say that from a leadership perspective. Like, oh yeah, you know, you guys keep you know keep pushing. You know, we'll get better. But at the end of the day, man, we got to call a spade a spade, man. I'm not employed by the team, so I can just call it how I see it. And they stink, and the staff stinks. Scott Turner stinks, right? So it's 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 bad, Jamal. It is it's bad, bro. And I don't think this is an overreaction by me either. I'm just I don't think anyone can say it's an overreaction from any of us if you walk away from this team saying. Yeah, I don't feel good about it <laughs> because you shouldn't feel good about it. It's not. It's it's not okay. It's not. I think the biggest indicator too, and, and I know for everybody, I started. I started the same. I started the, the the show the same way last week for everybody that's listening. And I guess it's a perfect time to uh, seventeen minutes in to to let everybody know we do appreciate everybody for listening. It's not easy talking about a team and covering a team that continuously, you know, plays the way they play from a year in year out year out basis with expectations sometimes being what they are so understand that much uh but with all that being said there isn't that much good coming out of now there are some performances from an individual standpoint that we can talk about like deami brown having a a very good game the defensive line having a very good game Uh, these are individual performances of the defense altogether having uh, another solid game um there was one blown coverage for the most part. It was it obviously proved to be the biggest difference um, because they scored a touchdown to take the lead after Washington uh, takes that 17, 17, uh, 14 lead. Um, so obviously it's nothing to, to go under the radar, 
but there are some performances out there. But point being, um, it's it's not easy to talk about a team uh, when they continuously give you the same story. And, and what Damian is is saying, I think is it's a lot it's a lot of truth in it. And it's it's hard to really sit here and tell you uh, to to or tell us and try to put our our rose colored or burgundy colored shades on and tell you that everything is going to be fine. Um, Ron Rivera told us. Uh, and, and I continue to hold his feet to the fire. And, and this is the reason why I said for um, a 10 for uh, a 2022 season, Ron Rivera, who who told us that this was a big year for him. It's the reason why I said that they're going to win 10 years, and, I mean, 10 games. And it was all based off of the uh, the the uh, moment or the narrative that Ron Rivera put out there. It had nothing to do with what I truly felt. But the point is, if Ron Rivera said this is a big year for him, okay. You have to win 10 games and he's going to fall short of that. Uh, his narrative is going to continue to change or, or revert back to the youth or, or injuries or penalties and things like that. It's, it's already shown itself in the first five games for Ron Rivera in 2022. Um, and uh, the, the lack of accountability is something that I said this week, Damien, you weren't on here for it. So I'll, I'll pitch this one to you as well uh, for a coach who, who, um talks about all of the issues for the team he doesn't talk about what he can do better he talks about the players he talks about the coaching staff but it's nothing about the fact that you know he needs to coach better um and that you know he has to he has to be better from that aspect and um i I think that's the biggest thing when it comes to leadership is recognizing that there's a problem and recognizing that things need to get better and change And, and the official quote before i hand it back to you uh, obviously, as we all know, this is a high level conversation right now. We're not talking about the players because, again, it goes beyond the players. It's starting with the coach centric environment. Uh, he he was asked about panicking. And, and the, the official quote is this for you, maybe, Scott, but not for me. Why? Because there's plenty of football left. If we continue to work, it eventually will change. Um, and, and like Damien said, it's a little delusion in there in the sense of I'm sure you don't want to give off that that panic sense. Right. But at the end of the day, recognize where you are. <laughs> recognize uh to the public and publicly acknowledge how things can get better from a perspective of coaching and specifically head coaching and leadership and uh i don't think he wants to face that man and, and i think that's a that's something that's really going to hinder him and and, uh, and and be the the story up until the time that he he's removed in washington because that's where it's headed yeah no the lack of accountability for someone that wants to build a culture um is it's amazing how it's just not there. Um, I don't know, man, maybe, maybe because kind of where I'm at in my life, but I think like in any re- like relationship, anything, then I'm not talking about intimate. I'm talking don't about say it, Damien. Don't do right? it. Don't do it to me. Anything, anything in general. Right. Um, you know, you got to have, you know, love, respect, communication, right? He may okay. love this team, but his communication stinks and he has no, he doesn't have enough respect to check his himself at you know check his ego at the door man that's what it sounds like because you can't sit here and these guys ask him you know what is this player what does that player need to do to improve or, or, or kind of what did you see out there when has he said man our our, our defensive play calling has been pretty bad or it's been you know it could be it could be better you know offensively we start we start off slower than than a, than a 55 you know chevy or ford mustang or something like that you know it hasn't been started in years right we start slow. We, we you know, I, we just, we got to, you know, we got to get better. It's always, you know, the player, the player, the player. But no, man, it's the coach. You know what I mean? Like, 
like it's the coach. It's it's a lot of coaching, man. I mean, we got Brian Dayball up in New York, and that roster stinks. That roster stinks. The Jets stink, and they've won more games than the Commanders have. You know what I mean? Like, I I think at some point he has to look in the mirror, and I think what what would really really be needed, and not even for the fans. The, the fans are like respectfully like they're irrelevant right now. For that team, if he were to come out and say, you know whether it was to them, like in the locker room, or if someone in the media asked them, yeah, we as coaches need to be better because we're not putting these guys in, in positions to win. Because every time, Jamal, every time it's a player being brought up, Ron's very quick to say, we're putting him there. We, we have, like Jamin Davis, oh, we, he's he's in there. We, he's in a position. We, we're putting him in positions to win. They're just not doing it. The players, you know, blah, blah. Nah, man, that horrible challenge that you did, that you <laughs> that you used today, your terrible because. clock management routinely over and over. It just seems like I mentioned on our first show together, man. They just seem old, bro. The the staff just seems old, old minded. They're 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 dinosaurs in this game now, man. They're dinosaurs. They're they're Dan Henderson in twenty fifteen in MMA. They need to go. <laughs> they need to retire. It's done. And and that's where I'm at. Uh Jabal's about to call you Ron, man. I, I'm sorry, I could never disrespect you like that. <laughs> I would never call you Ron Rivera. <laughs> you could probably do a better job than him on Sundays. Um, listen, man, I think it's a little frustrating because, like, the tide is changing defensively. Um, the tide specifically, and I may have, it, I mean, against Philly, you get you start off really good in terms of the first quarter. Um, for the most part, you play a solid game outside of one quarter, but it's it's the it's the most damning quarter. So I'm not going. I'm not excusing that at all. The Dallas game, you have some lapses, but you give up what you don't you don't give up that much, and 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 uh, you're you're in there until the very end defensively, and and your offense continues to sputter, and then obviously this week against the Titans, a team that is meaning the Commanders, a team that is heading into the game sixth in the NFL on third downs, uh, go one for eleven on third down. In the game, and at one point was O of six, or maybe O of seven, before they converted their first one, which came in the the fourth quarter of the game. And I actually think that they were probably O and nine before yeah, that. So 10. yeah, O for ten. Okay, so they yeah. were O for ten before they converted their uh their first third down in the game. So um the the point being is like the the tide has continued to change in terms of how this this team is taking place. Um, I mean how this team has continued to 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 just shut down offensively and we, we talked about and i i guess it would be the last thing too uh, scott turner uh we talked about his 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 issues we talked about also um the inability to run the football but also sustain anything on the ground 14 carries or 17 carries 43 yards 2.5 yards per attempt and, and heading into i think the last drive you had 14 carries <laughs> on the day um and you had a worse per carry average than than what you ended with or or a slightly better uh, per carry average in which you ended with at 2.5 um there's just a, a huge regression and depends on how you viewed it uh it, it was huge but also some people saw some of the issues as well in terms of their inability to sustain anything but also uh properly or, or use their guys more effectively use their weapons more effectively and um it's hurting these guys man and it's it's shown his face and i think it's shown his face too early in the sense of um you have five you have uh 12 more games to go and it seems that your quarterback is figured out. <laughs> Things probably aren't going to get no better with him. Um, and then also your your coach, 
is, is going to continue to be inconsistent, whether it's through passing the game, or, or, excuse me, passing the ball or trying to figure out how and when to utilize their running backs. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things, man, where I don't really know. I, I said it earlier. I just don't know where they go from here. I really don't. If you're not gonna, if you're not going to to try to establish a run, I understand they didn't have a great yards per carry average, but this ball game was never out of out of hand, right? So yeah. if I mean, like I, I mentioned on a, on another podcast, you know, I'm saying the same thing, but I mentioned on another one, uh, on another show that it seemed like they don't have athletes on the offensive line. No one that can really get into that second level cross faces. They don't have that, right? Norwell's not a good athlete. Sadiq Charles is not a good athlete. You know, Trey Turner's not. I think Sadiq is like in a. I think Sadiq and Sam Sam Cosby, but that's it. Sam and, Cos- and, yeah, Cosby. Yeah, that's is. that's really it. Yeah, um, they just don't. Which ain't have good. It. Point yeah. to your point. It's not good. Yeah, yeah. And, and and it's like you got to figure out if you're an offensive coordinator, you got to figure out ways to put your guys in, in their limited athletic, you know, abilities. Maybe you got to switch up the running scheme, the running style a little bit. Maybe you have to, right? There's something you got to do. You got to figure out because it's not working. And this and and I understand it's a passing league, but the run game opens up the passing game and vice versa, right? But if you're if you're inefficient as a pass, you know, in the passing game, what the heck are you like? The running game is just gonna be it's gonna be shellacked. It's gonna be non-existent like it was today. And if you need if you have a quarterback that really can rely off PA and it does a lot for him, like I I just don't get why we're not seeing more adjustments. I would I would much rather watch a a, a product. Where they're quick to adjust and maybe over adjust rather than underdo it. Because when you underdo it, you're just stuck in the mud, man. You're just wasting everyone's time. So I, I, that, that's just where I'm at, man. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and the last thing I'll say is to your point, I think you're right, but uh, I always come back to the to the to the question um, when it comes to Scott in, in general. Like, do does he think or or is he capable of, of recognizing the issue? correcting the issue through countering or self-evaluating and then becoming better uh, and making your offense better. And uh, three years in, uh, you talked about it, like year year two, seven games with Taylor Heineke, Carson Wentz, marginally better quarterback. We can get nine or 10 with a soft, with a softer schedule. I'm putting up quotations for the, for the people in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you you realize that what you saw last year is who who Turner is, and what what you saw the year before is who Turner is, and um th- is that a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, he can be if if you have all stars on your on your offense, especially at the quarterback position. Sure, you may you may be um in, in real good shape with a Scott Turner, and he may look up and get a head coaching job because he has a hell of a quarterback. Like if he had Patrick Mahomes on his offense, um, it's it's going to be hard for anybody to really find a way to to to, uh, to critique Scott Turner because Patrick Mahomes is going to be the one that makes a lot of plays for him. But ultimately, you can't really account for all that. And, and everybody is in Patrick Mahomes. You have to live with the cards that you're dealt with. Um, and that's probably the issue that comes along with him. Um, and, and Damian just came back. He dropped off for a second. So I'll, I'll surmise it and we can get up out of here, Damian. But what I was, what I was getting at was that essentially um, – Scott Turner uh, could, in in essence, if he doesn't have a Patrick Mahomes, which everybody doesn't have, then it's easy to critique Scott Turner because you see like how his coaching is is impacting the offense, but it also shows how he's able to get his guys open 
um, especially with the quarterback deficiencies and how he's communicating with his quarterback and how the quarterback is accepting the coaching and things like that, but also how the players uh, in his in his scheme is, is performing as well and, and how good are they, excuse me, and how is he adjusting? Altogether, there's a whole bunch of variety of factors. And if you don't have that Patrick Mahomes, uh, or if you did, excuse me, it's going to be easier to not critique him because Patrick Mahomes is going to probably mask a lot of your issues. Um, and that's just one quarterback that I'm using. But ultimately, my point is, if you have an elite quarterback, you, you'll you'll be able to escape the criticism. But um, everybody isn't gifted with an elite quarterback. And you have to really show how capable you are of coaching. And, and that's ultimately one of the flaws with Scott Turner is that uh, if you he's, he's not probably one where the scheme overrides the players. Yeah. I, and to close on my thoughts, that's a great point. But I think, too, uh, if you're at this level, right, at some stage, if you're quote unquote good at your job you don't need everything to go right to be good at yeah. your job right and that's with the coach that's with the players if you need an ideal situation to succeed throughout any thing you do in life you're not good at what you do right Jamal I saw you what you you were you were in uh, Louisiana right doing doing work if you sucked at your job you wouldn't be in Louisiana doing at your job you know there for your job right I wouldn't be yeah. in TV if I sucked on camera. If I wasn't ideally, oh, no one looking, no one watching me. No. So if, you, if you're good at your job, you can do it in any forecast, any scenario. And yes, there's obviously levels to how successful you can be. But if you're flat out unsuccessful, then I'm sorry, you're just not good at your job. That's just, that's my final thoughts. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Um, again, like I said, I want to reiterate, uh, we don't intend to be this negative when we hop on a show and do a podcast, there's gives and takes. Um, and, and sometimes when, when the negatives are, are kind of too loud, you, you can't do anything, but talk about it. Um, and, and, it, and, it, and it's going to talk about, it's, it's, it's going to be covered. Uh, so nonetheless, if you made it this far, we appreciate you. We're going to keep being here. Uh, Damien's going to be around. Uh, up until the until he had it with the team <laughs> so so we'll cross yeah. that bridge when we get there uh but damien i appreciate you joining me uh i, I want to make sure the people know where they can find you on twitter let the people know um and and, and obviously you often read his work on hogs haven but uh, you can find him on twitter where uh at da bartonic that's at d-a-b-a-r-t-o-n-e-k i'll be writing my little three matchups to watch piece on the bears command uh, commanders game you can read that right before the game drops as well or the game starts rather there it is uh we'll be back throughout the week y'all take care enjoy y'all sundays do not let this team get you down we still pushing out here y'all be safe all that good stuff Peace. Later. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.